So hello again everybody, this is uh, Jason Powers, I'm coming to you on a Sunday. Today we're going to talk about the media, in this case. Much of this podcast has been about citing media or medical journals to convince others, other, or to buttress the arguments, arguments made, sorry. Else, it's purely one's opinion. An opinion is formulated from data and information sources and how we analyze those in the context of other information that we've gathered uh, priorly. So today we will mention or cite those that offer the best information, insights, and have for many, many months during this pandemic. Um, And hello again, everybody. This is uh, Jason Powers. So today we'll, we're going to discuss um, uh, the variety or the number of media sources out there that are I consider the good guys. These people aren't perfect. They don't always have every bit of information at the beginning, but they do provide insights long before you'll ever get from anything close to the billionaire corporate-run media that's out there. These are independents. These are people who... Who do this because they believe in, in getting to the bottom of things and, and determining what's going on in the world, um, providing information. Um, there's a laundry list I could just tick off and I can do that. I'm, I'm actually going to start there. So, I mean, this is in no uh, particular order. Um, and there are, thing, there, there are pluses and minuses to each one of these, but I'll, I'll start with. So, just the news. So that's uh, actually run by John, John Solomon in most cases. And he did a lot of investigative work on the FBI uh, versus the Trump administration. The National Pulse uh, run by Raheem Kassam, um, who's been doing excellent work, particularly uh, his uh, investigative journalists that are uh, exploring the, Daz the Peter Daszak uh, um, situation with the Wuhan lab. Uh, Natalie Pulse, uh, Natalie Winters. I'm sorry, Natalie Winters is the the lead on that particular storyline. Uh, they also have others that are working on uh, the CRT training and other um, stories as they come about. Project Veritas, which we've all uh, heard of before, uh, James O'Keefe, who who uh, is uh, suing the New York Times, who's involved in uh, a, a lawsuit versus Twitter. Uh, he's been doing excellent work in exposing uh, the CNNs of the world. So, matter of fact, I'll I'll play a short clip from. If I go to his website, which I have up um, right now, like there's a there's been a push to try to uh, you know, like I said, okay versus Twitter. I'm gonna uh, play uh, hopefully a short clip from the CNN. I I am doing this cold. Let's see if I can get it up to play. Um, so this is. It's fear. Fear really drives Fear is the thing that keeps you too bad. If it bleeds, it bleeds. No one ever says those things out loud, but it's obvious. Hey, we wanted to know if you're still working for CNN. Where are you headed right now? 
possibly working for CNN? If it wasn't for CNN, I don't know that Trump would have gotten voted out. Our focus was to get Trump out of office, right? Without saying that that's what it was. Right? Charlie, if you want to put this to bed, you can just tell us yes or no that you work for CNN. Why, why will you not answer any questions? I don't understand. You'll say a lot to an undercover reporter, but not to me. With COVID, gangbusters are raving the greatest, right? Which is why we contemplate the death toll on the side, which I have a major problem with that we're tallying how many people die every day. Because I've even looked at it and be like, look at it and be like, let's make it higher. Like, why isn't it high enough, you know, today? Like, it would make our point better if it was higher. You have nothing to say on your way to work. No comment whatsoever. Charlie, were you punished by CNN for your story? I mean, there's no such thing as um, unbiased news with any reporter on CNN. What they're actually doing is they're telling the person what to say. So that was uh, Charlie Chester, who uh, Project Veritas put the got the drop on and. Uh, this was a short interview from uh, June 29th of 21. So, you know, as he discussed, he, they were trying to get Trump out. They used COVID for ratings. They used COVID for um, if it bleeds, it leads. If it dies, then let's put it live. Um, and that's my moniker. So they were using any tactic and mechanism. And, of course, he says, oh, there's no unbiased news. Well, every every news story has has a point of view on it. Let's Let's just be clear about that. Um, but there is a way to go about reporting news, reporting the truth, uh, and frame and context has to be explored, and how you frame it and context it, to contextualize it for people has a lot to do with how they receive the information. When the news media has uh, gone to great lengths to bury uh, obvious um, information holes that uh, are in their story, or don't put it in a context that makes sense. For example, when they talk about, you know, the George Floyd, let's just use George Floyd, for example. That was one particular incident that has been hyperbolized into a massive movement based upon the mainstream media's funding, corporate America, corporate, well, anymore I wouldn't even call it corporate America. Let's just call it the world world multinational corporations of the world that have decided that they want to uh, exploit human suffering um, to gin up conflict to get us all at each other's throats using race, using COVID, using vaccines, using a whole host of initiatives to divide and conquer us. But race is a good one because uh, they know how diverse the human species is and how competitive we actually are in in terms of our, it just it goes to the dynamic of human conditioning human condition uh, resources and whatnot they use that uh, constantly they explore that to the nth degree and and I, I'm going down this rabbit hole a little bit because with within context of this uh, this is the worst of what media is uh, because they didn't lay out the the fact that crime had been down throughout the Trump administration. He had been falling, actually, for 20 years. I'll even give Obama a bit of credit there. They should tell you something. I'm not trying to hide that fact. If you go look at the murder uh, murder rates in the United States of America, you look at the number of murders in relationship to the population of our uh, country, murders had been down over the course of the last 20 years, and it had nothing to do with the amount of guns on the street it has nothing to do with the number of arms that are actually in the people's hands. We're more well-armed today than we were 25 years ago. Uh, last year, for example, out in California, they had a huge rise in the number of people who bought weapons. Now, of course, now they're going to use that as the excuse because of 2021, the rise in, in uh, murders and deaths. But that has to do with the fact that they have, they have put the seed in all these people's minds in the inner city. They've taken law enforcement off the street they've changed the rules of engagement so it's no longer about uh, actually uh, uh, arresting people for committing crimes now it's about uh, pampering or um, uh, what would you call it uh, ignoring crimes while arresting people who are actually trying to carry out their daily lives you know running a business oh 
well, you don't have people getting vaccines, or you're not wearing masks, or you're not following lockdown procedures. We have this health initiative, which is a big part of this, that has caused this. And as it turns out, and this is my hypothesis, this is my, um, based upon some new information, there there, there could be a, a legitimate uh, legitimate uh, timeline put together that says that uh, they have been uh, exploiting this situation because they were planning it for many, many years against us. So, um, so going away from that, from the Project Veritas, if you go out past that, you have Zero Hedge, which was started in 2009. I'm not for certain who, who the, the, the person who runs that operation is. I know there's been some articles, some negative press written about it, but they do an excellent job of touching on financial situations and, and or other uh, topics as they come up. Off Guardian, which is a, another good site, uh, I'll read later from an article that was written just recently from there. Conservative Treehouse, the Citizen Free Press, the Corbett Report run by James Corbett. I'm going to play a, a little clip from his new new episode, episode 405, Designing Humans for Fun and Profit. And there's a couple. I could play the whole thing and it would be excellent, but I'll, I'll play a clip from there. The Post Millennial. Um, <clears throat> there's, a, 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 I think his name's Ian Miles Chong, who... Uh, who is uh, connected to that? It's a, con- a moderately conservative uh, outlet, but you know it, it doesn't it doesn't proclaim itself as that. The Epoch Times, which is uh, you know has has its good points, and it, it actually is uh, what would you say anti CCP for the most part, uh, but it does it does explore a lot of topics and invites over uh, has created a, actually it's created its own new TV channel. Alex Jones. Say what you will about him. <laughs> he's been a right about a lot of things. He's a he's a, he he does go over the news, but he also tries to bring entertainment. And he, he I would say in, in some respects he's a, your original conservative activist. And by activist, I mean he 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 uses emotions to get people upset about certain certain circumstances that should be addressed in a better way. Uh, CD Media, which is run by L. Todd Woods. American Thinker, American Greatness, War Room, uh, that's a Steve, uh, Steve Bannon uh, project that was launched uh, ostensibly out of the, 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 uh, the beginnings of the Ukraine uh, impeachment. The Blaze, which is a Glenn, Glenn Beck, who has gone through a host of incarnations in terms of his philosophy on life and what he thinks of certain people, so... Uh, but I think he, he's uh, he's certainly uh, come around and and or seen some things that have come about recently, and he's been doing a lot of um, in, investigative research in terms of what the the new world order plan is coming down the pike. Uh, the Gateway Pundit, uh, which you know has its has its upsides, has its downsides, but it, it certainly they do provide good information and. and uh, about uh, a host of topics. Sometimes they, they are thinly sourced. Uh, Cheryl Atkinson, she's been doing, she works with Just the News and she also runs her own website. Some Bitch Told Me, that's a, that says a small, uh, recently added edition. And she does deep dives into people like Peter Daszak, uh, Andrew Cuomo, and a host of other uh, uh, persons or personas, Bill Gates, uh, that uh, have uh, got involved. She uh, took a risk, and she's trying to build up a following, and she's been doing a lot more podcasts, re- podcasts and live live streams recently. The Ethical Skeptic, who is a just, he's a, um, a, a CEO, a businessman, who has been doing a lot of um, uh, work, uh, I guess you could say. Uh, he writes a very deep and detailed analysis that if you read any of it you're going to have to read it over 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 and over again because it's written at a level that's i would say probably at minimum you have to have a master's degree to understand it uh that's just that's just my that's just my opinion on it and then yakov applebaum who does um does has his own um website so um those are just some highlights so, next thing we're going to play is a uh, a piece from a recent, um, it was uploaded on BitChute, it's tied to the, the variant of the novel coronavirus, and here's some uh, perspective on 
uh, when this virus possibly, not only this virus, but the COVID, the SARS uh, strain uh, was conceived. In fact, it's 22 years old um, based on patent filings. What's more problematic and what is um, actually the most egregious uh, problem is that Anthony Fauci and NIAID found the malleability of coronavirus to be a potential candidate for HIV vaccines. And so SARS is actually not a natural progression of a zoonetic modification of coronavirus. As a matter of fact, very specifically, in 1999, Anthony Fauci funded research at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, specifically to create, and you cannot, you cannot help but, but you know, lament what I'm about to read, because this comes directly from a patent application filed on April 19, 2002, and you heard the date correctly, 2002, where the NIAID built an infectious replication defective coronavirus that was specifically targeted for human lung epithelium. In other words, we made SARS. And we patented it on April 19, 2002, before there was ever any alleged outbreak in Asia, which, as you know, followed that by several months. That patent, issued as U.S. Patent 7279327, that patent clearly lays out in very specific gene sequencing the fact that we knew that the ACE receptor, the ACE2 binding domain, the S1 spike protein, and other elements of what we have come to know as this scourge pathogen was not only engineered, but could be synthetically modified in the laboratory using nothing more than gene sequencing technologies, taking computer code and turning it into a pathogen or an intermediate of the pathogen. And that technology was funded exclusively in the early days as a means by which we could actually harness coronavirus as a vector to distribute HIV vaccine. So there's a little snippet from this broadcast i put a link in the description to the the hour-long interview it was uh sent to me by a, a lady who's uh actually uh knows a great deal about or she is in in let's just say she's um aware of certain people and 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 she's had some uh interesting contact this interview goes on and talks about peter dozik it talks about anthony fauci um there's a piece where uh, he discusses uh, Anthony Fauci uh, applying for an mRNA vaccine patent, mRNA. So, and they declined it because they said it wasn't a, it wasn't it wasn't a vaccine that didn't meet the requirements of a vaccine because it doesn't prophylactically prevent uh, a person from uh, getting the virus, uh, getting getting actually the 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 virus introduced into their system and protect them from it, um, that it doesn't fight off or doesn't create immunity. And this is uh, this is maybe a good segue to an uh, article that's written by the Off Guardian. So there's just a, a snippet from it uh, that I find uh, just recently. I mean, it, it is kind of the way we are. So she she's discussing about uh, natural and organic and how we're considered conspiracy theorists. For choosing not to trust uh, the company, and I'm saying this quote, uh, choosing not to trust the company with the biggest criminal history of medical fraud ever to inject an experimental concoction into my cells for health reasons, quote unquote, based on tests that think a mango can catch a virus. In other words, uh, 
PCR testing on a mango. This was done in Africa uh, by uh, somebody who actually had a medical background and it was a president of the country. And he's no longer with us. Uh, he, uh, he died uh, unceremoniously and, and the mainstream media ignored that. So, uh, for going further down, quote, If you mention immune systems these days, the diehard COVID restriction prefects will look at you like you don't understand the power of plexiglass. Immune systems are now just primitive things from olden days that don't work without Dr. Fauci and formaldehyde. We've moved on. We find social isolation and irrational fear of other people scratching their noses to be a lot more efficient. This is, this is what we, they've done to people. Science. The truth is, it's just more socially acceptable to be unhealthy. unhealthy. Harsh, maybe, but only a harsh reality. Why would most people rather hear about what a shit job the NHS did fitting, fitting your stents, or how epic your feel, how epic you're feeling on just three hours of sleep since you made the switch from coffee to wheatgrass? One of those people is one of the crowd, a hero battling through such a grueling procedure. The other is an outcast, an irritant, a mirror. We are being played like most people literally wouldn't believe. It's an an inconvenient truth, but no amount of drugs, jabs, or insane, futile, warlike rampages to obliterate germs is ever going to result in improved health. Every year there is more fear surrounding health and germs. Every year there are more drugs and vaccines. Every year there are more vulnerable people, increased ill health, we were not designed to live like this. Uh, and uh, it's a very um, a compelling article. I mean, this is her. Uh, this is obviously an opinion piece, but it's a very good one, um, as far as I'm concerned, by Lucy Davies, um, The Organic Human and Endangered Species, which segues into um, Mr. James Corbett, who was talking about a... Uh, he has a host of clips... I'm going to just play this one uh, from, uh, there's a clip from Andrew Hessel. Let's see if I can cue this up okay. Uh, and, and I might cl- cue up another clip too. But I want to start with this one first. If I can get there. Let's see here. I think we're about right there. Holds effect how the magnet vibrates. He ascribes different qualities to different transformers in words like texture or color. I expected we would be investing more in this clearly necessary core technology after the first genome project wrapped up in 2003. But by 2012, nothing had happened. And by 2015, still nothing had happened. That's when I got pissed off and I shot my mouth off at a genome meeting. And I said, please, can can we just start a new genome project? and get the world scientists focusing on building design tools and new synthesis technologies to go and address these important needs in genome engineering. And the result was something called GP-Write, Genome Project Write, as opposed to Genome Project Read. It used to be HGP-Write, Human Genome Project Write, but there was kind of a backlash. But humans are part of it. Now, I just want to say there's no synthetic babies here. Anyway, I am really, really fortunate that I have some of the most amazing co-founders of this project. George Church, who was just recently voted to the Times 100 Most Influential People, the leader of the Yeast Genome Project, Jeff Buka, and Nancy Kelly, who has been a force of nature putting together big institutions like the New York Genome Center. Our next meeting is just next week. If any of you are interested in this stuff, register now. There's probably only a couple of spots left, but this is where you need to be if you're interested in building genomes. And again, there will be no synthetic babies. This is just being able to write large, complex genomes. And these meetings bring everyone together, the ethicists. They bring together the scientists. They bring together the policy folks. They bring together the funders. This is not about any single project. You may have seen this last week. It could get a little weird in the future. Hopefully, when I mention the word CRISPR and word editing and creating molecules with CRISPR out of D- and playing with DNA, some of you thought encryption and encoding. So DNA encryption, it, there were, I think, eight articles published by China in the course of three years, uh, in the last three years. 
And uh, it's uh, quite important. The coding system, DNA steganography, I'll just say short, the short story on this is people have figured out how to hide imagery in the DNA of bacteria. And when you um, phosphoresce the bacteria, you can discover the information or you can have the those are just to remind me, you can have the information uh, reproduced in a string form as a form of a protein. Dr. Church up at Harvard uh, has shown quite well that you can store a lot of information in one gram of DNA. It's essentially yeah, that many, that many iPads in one gram at room temperature. No supercooling required. DNA is highly stable. It's been around on the planet a very long time. So between CRISPR the amount of data he's talking about there is uh, 700 terabytes, which is 7 billion iPads worth of information. This is uh, Professor George Church uh, from a DNA encoding August 17th of 2012. Uh, I'm going to stop right there. Uh, the, point, the point I'm going to try to make here is that these people have been... Since they've developed this uh, uh, string, uh, uh, this information on the human genome, they're manipulating and trying to, let's just say, after doing all their social engineering for the last 100, 100 plus years, now they're doing, they, they think genetic engineering means that they need to experiment on human beings without their consent because they're not cons- they're not asking for consent they're they're implying force with everything they're applying coercion with this uh situation that's what the vaccines are about that's what the mrna vaccines about the reason why they created a wide variety of vaccines is cuz uh they want to keep track of who they're giving the vaccines to and they want to see that we're being we are being tested as lab rats over supposedly this dangerous coronavirus which they uh, specifically designed to attack a specific entry point into uh, human, um, the ACE2 receptor. It was designed in a lab. It was funded by the NIAD with uh, Fauci's, you know, obvious, his, his obvious knowledge of SARS-CoV-1 back in 2002. And obviously his complicity in, in further uh, working with mRNA and uh, also... Uh, Dealing with uh, SARS-CoV-2 with uh, Peter Daszak, um, Robert, um, what's his face? I forget uh, the guy who uh, works for uh, the Moderna. The founder uh, is an MIT was an MRT, MIT professor. So you got MIT, Harvard. You have a host of uh, Bill Gates connections. Uh, Bill Gates and Fauci know each other almost twenty years. Uh, Bill Gates is involved in this because he's the funder, as this guy was, uh, or the other guy was talking about getting the funders, the scientists, the ethicists, so to speak. They're not ethicists; these are eugenicists. They won't. They their their concept is this: they look at a, let's just say a thousand human beings, and there's everybody has a different genetic makeup. Some of us are born short. Some of us are born tall. Some of us are born smart. Some of us are born dumb. Some of us have, you know, handicaps. Um, certain handicaps are are obviously uh, detrimental diseases that that unfortunately happen. Um, but this is the makeup of the, the the human existence. There's something to be said for people who have great handicaps or have uh, uh, things and have overcome those. Um, many of them, when they have overcome those things, they say, I'm glad I have what I have because it taught me, taught me to have to use other mechanisms to achieve my goals in life. And then imperfectly so. Um, so, I mean, there is something to be said for that. Um, there are there are countries and there are scientists out there that, that see those things, those, uh, those um, what would you say, errors errors in thinking as a matter of fact they they determine that certain human beings have uh, a qualitative issue about them the quality of their thinking uh, about religion for example uh, I've seen an episode or a, 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 a background uh, done where they were trying to uh, target the part of the brain that is tied to uh, quote unquote religiosity or obsession with uh, ide- uh, an ideology, so to speak. 
and they were they they were framing it at that time about Middle Eastern uh, dogma, um, which I'm not going to get into. But the thing was, is they say, well, they they the the, the people that were watching this uh, presentation, they say, well, could could that be used uh, uh, for Christianity uh, for for certain groups that are you know? They say, well, yeah, it could be used the same way. It tells you the, their intent. Their intent is is they see human beings as something to be played with. They think that we're they're lab rats. They think because they have the ability to do things that they should do those things in order to quote unquote get ahead of the curve or you know uh, uh, they 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 always guise it as well. We're just doing it because the enemy is doing the same thing. Really? I don't think that's really the case, considering they're working with the enemy in many cases. For example, working with the, the CCP. They know they're working with the Chinese Communist Party. They've known this for many years. Uh, they, can, they can guise it under, well, scientists are different from the, the party itself. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They're, they're, they're totally different. They, they, they are approved. They, they, they're, merely there to, to, they're merely there to do science and nothing else. You know, you can you can sell that sell that uh, road or ship to somebody else. Uh, uh, one is not buying that. Uh, they're not in. They're not interested in your. They're not interested in your upside because it's been a stated goal of the CCP to use any and all me- mechanisms of warfare, including biological warfare, which seems to be the goal and objective of these people uh, going back to nearly twenty years. We know Eco Health Alliance, led by Peter Dajic, uh, has been uh, has known uh, Xi Jinping from the CCP since the early 2000s. So this is a long-standing relationship. This isn't something that just happened over the last few years. This has been going on for a decade and more. Or more. Uh, this shows the intent. The intent has nothing, and it ties into a lot of liberal dogma. Uh, when I say liberal, I guess I should say leftist dogma that they want population control. There's uh, there's uh, there's lots of strands here going on. Matter of fact, from I'm going to read a little bit from uh, Fauci's email. So he was uh, he was actually invited on a podcast. This was an um, uh, email from Greg Folkers uh, sent on Sunday, February 9th, 2020. So this was just about a week or ten days after. Uh, Actually, a few days after Trump had shut down uh, travel from uh, China. It's interesting. It's called Podcast. Newt's World, as in Newt Gingrich. Episode 56, China's Coronavirus. So even even Newt Gingrich was calling it the the Chinese coronavirus in in February uh, of 2020. It says, is the coronavirus the next uh, global pandemic or will the disease be eradicated in a short period of time? Newt's guest... Dr. Anthony Fauci and Dr. Peter Daszak provide the information you need to know about the coronavirus crisis. Yeah, they didn't provide any good information. But it goes to show you that if they appeared on the same podcast together that early, I mean, we know they know each other well. We know they work with each other. Um, There was also, uh, there was uh, on February 6th, now this is a few days prior, um, uh, sent uh, sent uh, to Greg Volker's probably from Anthony Fauci because his highlight it hides his name, but it was sent. He, he says something about uh, ASF Morans plus Dazik plus Ta- a Tobenberger paper, and he says I agree I will not be co-author, and they hide again they hide the name. So the question to you is, do you want to be a part of this, i.e. be a co-author? I would vote no. It would look weird to add you as a co-author now, plus the plate is too full. So the plate is too full, that's referring to Fauci and his schedule and whatnot. So the idea here was um, these people knew what they were dealing with and what they were going through uh, and and what they were uh, uh, about, so to speak. Um, And there is a... There's just a slew of information that lets you believe that these people um, had coordinated this very well against us. Um, And I say against us, they're doing it against all of us. There's just a host of evidence that that would, uh, would lead you to believe that. 
and this is where the journalism comes in with a host of these sites is that they're all doing they're trying to find that they're trying to find the answers for us something that the liberal media doesn't do my my telling thing about them is say they pump out propaganda for a year or more on this entire thing and then they slowly pivot slowly pivot to telling us something different and then what they do is they just drop it in in small little little drips to make to, to rebuild their credibility it's like dealing like i said it's dealing it's like it's a psychological uh game a psyop so the idea is is to you know have put up a wall of propaganda for a year or plus and then slowly drip out the truth just you know this little factoid and this little factoid and and then and then they say and then they they then by then because people if you're not paying close attention over that course of time some people jumped into uh uh the confusion realm later or earlier there's an er, there's people that are early adopters of certain uh ideas and there's people that are very late adopters of ideas so they uh, along that way they may not have all the they might not have all the propaganda information. They may only know, know half the story. Some people have only focused on the truth. While there's a, there's a whole host of uh, other people who have known the truth from the get go because they've been they've been following the correct sources. Media plays this. Of course, now the people that are quote the correct sources are a small segment of our media landscape, and they don't have the big platforms. They have the very small platforms, and they got censored. As you can realize that the the major uh, between Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and everybody, they were all coordinating because they're all uh, run or or funded by big tech monopolies and the CCP to censor information that would help be helpful to the public because they didn't want the public to know the truth. They have to control the public. They have to control public perception. They have to keep us all kind of in the dark uh, while they run their scam. And run, and run up profits while they can while uh, Peter Dozics and the the Fauci's and the Gateses and the uh, and et cetera et cetera the people who work at Moderna the people who work at Merck Pfizer you know you name them I'm not blaming them all individually I mean as a group that they were involved in this because they're the ones that are creating the vaccine and they're also creating the propaganda like Peter Dozic in for uh, in, in in detail. You know, he's attached to papers, talked to vaccine hesitancy and what they're going to do about it. Uh, a coercion plan that the Bidens have already just rolled out just recently. Which, speaking of Biden, and we'll pivot to, uh, this is uh, from Sticks Hexenhammer, which is, a, a he does a, a review analysis. He's been on YouTube for going on, what, 10 or 11 years. And he, he's an interesting sort, I mean, it, to look at him, you wouldn't think he's a, um, what do you call it? He wouldn't come across as a media person, uh, a person that you put on TV. But he's he's intelligent. He he deals with a lot of uh, topics. He's a political he's a political analyst at his base, and he also does a review of uh, of uh, what you call it uh, religions, uh, or and he's not, you know, of the particular stripe or faith, but. Uh, that that gives them some credence. So I'm going to play a bit of it, and then we'll go on from there. All right, everyone. We start off today with something very, very funny, which is a literal, objective lie from the Beijing-Biden administration. Of course, through White House Press Secretary uh, Jen Psaki, not Biden himself, he never answers questions, uh, queried specifically about meeting uh, with some of the business associates of Hunter Biden. And, of course, that sets up a possibility where you could insinuate a quid pro quo, people getting paid off for political favors and is, is dubiously legal at best and certainly sleazy. Uh, and Saki, speaking of course for the official position of the White House, sometimes doing that even to the exclusion of what Biden himself has said, like <laughs> saying that there's a, a, a crisis going on with regards to the border. You remember that one a couple of months ago. Uh, saying, well, they don't talk about, we don't talk about family business. Uh, basically, Biden and Hunter never coordinated. Now, this is very telling, because if you actually listen to what is asked and what is said in response, this is the same kind of weasel-worded non-answer and non-denial that you just saw from the NSA in regards to Tucker Carlson getting spied on. Oh, essentially, you circle around, semi-circle, uh, to a totally different topic, 
and deny that while not really addressing the fundamental sum and substance of what was actually asked. Him meeting, meeting with Hunter Biden's people, we can objectively say that that happened. They were just trying to clarify, okay, to, to be clear, does Biden admit to this? Oh, well, they don't talk about business together. That's not what's being insinuated. That's not what's being said happened. That's not what was on the laptop. Now, first and foremost, of course, uh, down below if you're watching this video on YouTube, there will be four other links and a pinned comment to other sites that I use. I make four videos a day. Today, remember, is Q&A live stream with Super Chats a day later uh, because it's Sunday. It's, it's, it's the Lord's Day, Lord of the Clank. Um, and and uh, it'll be in a pinned comment if you're watching on YouTube. You should join me there because, again, there is exclusive content every single day. Now, this is a lie, and it's an unfettered lie. Now, it's a, really, it's a technically a verbal lie by omission because there's no denial of the actual premise. It can't be denied. Joe Biden met with Hunter Biden and with business executives that Hunter Biden was dealing with. The insinuation of the non-response, the non-denial here, is that yes, Biden was there, but they didn't talk business. No, he was there with Hunter Biden and Carlos Slim, but they didn't talk about any, for, any form of business transaction. Biden was literally just there to have a steak and some ice cream, of course. Probably on the steak. Steak-flavored ice cream, possibly. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that he'll be doing that at any point for a photo op, and the legacy media will gobble his shit down. Uh, this is a non-denial, because the premise can't be denied. But the original denial from Biden, this is back during the election itself, I did not meet with Hunter Biden's business associates. Specifically, in, in order to block any possibility of a quid pro quo, I never met them. I never even talked to Carlos Slim. I never talked to Yuri What's-His-Name over in Ukraine. I never had anything to do with him. That's his business. No quid pro quo, no quid pro Joe, no problem. But he did. We have pictures proving that he did. The initial statements that he made during the election, again, were a lie. He lied flat out to the American people. This was at least briefly a major story. It was major because the legacy media refused to even talk about it. Their initial response was, well, it's a nothing burger. And when asked, well, how do you know that's a nothing burger? You haven't even looked through Hunter Biden's files. Well, yeah, but because there's nothing to see there, so there's no reason for us to look through them. It's totally circular non-reasoning. They're still using it now. They refuse, by and large, to even report on this. On the handful of occasions when a reporter asked the question, every other reporter in that room listening to this exchange knew that this is weasel word bullshit. Every single other reporter there, look, they're not that unintelligent. They may be disingenuous by and large. They may be shills, but they're not stupid. They understand that this was a non-denial, and that when a non-denial is made, it's not necessarily proof of guilt, but if it's coming from the president who has already objectively lied on the subject and you continue to use the circular non-reasoning to avoid even addressing the question as it's being asked, it at least it should be suspicious. There was no follow-through, nor were you likely to see a follow-through by most mainstream networks. Lamestream media networks are no longer conducting journalism. They have asked virtually no hard questions of Biden since he got in there. So the fact is that he can openly lie about meeting with Biden's business associates, he can at least insinuate a second lie on top of that. His border czar doesn't have to visit the border. All he gets asked about is ice cream. Oh, 5% inflation? Well, here's a piece on why higher inflation is actually, there's a silver lining. It means higher wages. Literally another video that I'm going to be making today. Um, this is nuts. What's happened is that the lamestream has circled wagons around the steward candidate that it used to get the asterisk administration, the cabal of globalists that are there in place. Biden is a figurehead, and now they just refuse to report on anything meaningful. There's been no meaningful reporting, or only barely, from any lamestream network since the presidency in name began. Not... Yep, and exactly, that's it. And these are the these are your media shills, and you have to repeat that over and over again. They have no, they have no com, compunction to go out and do any reporting, real reporting. They write up glor, they glor, they write up these articles, and they hide the evidence. Uh, the longer the article, the more they can bury at the bottom of the article that says, you know, oh well, 
everything we just said before is all bullshit, but here's a little snippet that makes it makes this article uh, tolerable as quote unquote news. Um, it's all it's all a, a con, and we all know this, uh, or we should know this by now. So, for example, uh, Zero Hedge, uh, this was uh, authored by Paul Joseph Watson, who obviously works with Alex Jones. So, a new Politico Harvard study finds that a majority of Americans now believe COVID was leaked from a Wuhan lab, underscoring again the danger of empowering, quote-unquote, fact-checkers, media outlets in Silicon Valley to censor information. It goes along with the same line of reasoning uh, that, you know, the poll found that 52% of Americans believe the lab leak hypothesis wants to write it as a fringe, quote-unquote, conspiracy theory, including 59% of Republicans and 52% of Democrats. So, it's, uh, yeah, they, they, they said that they couldn't believe that it, that this was actually the case. The the poll uh, person who took it, who took the poll, usually our polls find a big split between Republicans and Democrats, so this is unique. Yeah, it's finally dawning on certain people on the Democratic side of the spectrum that, uh, yeah, this probably did come from a lab and was leaked. Or, quote-unquote, leaked. I think it was actually purposely uh, designed that way. But, of course, Peter Daszak was uh, one of the the beginning uh, uh, linchpins to pumping out the information to say, oh, no, this is uh, this is totally the uh, Peter Daszak back in 2020. Um, he mentioned this was in a science, uh, the science thing he, he wrote. He wrote for EcoHealth Alliance about Ebright's uh, conjecture. Every time there's an emerging disease, a new virus, the same story comes out. This is a spillover or the release of an agent or a bioengineered virus, Daszak said. It's just a shame. It seems humans can't resist controversy in these myths, yet it's staring us right in the face. There's an incredible diversity of viruses in the wildlife, and we just scratched the surface. See, this guy likes to go out and hawk this bullshit. Uh, He's using the cover of that there's an enormous amount of viruses in in, in nature. Well, of course there is, and you're manipulating them. You're taking bits and pieces of things you find in nature and you're using, taking it back to your lab doing your little experiments and say hmm, how can we cut and paste this shit together and make it more virulent because we make, they make money off of creating the problem um, because they want vaccines they want to introduce technology into it uh, they, 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 they're trying to they're playing God with the rest of us and they think they can get away with it because and nobody ever pushes back on it this guy should be in front of a, a you know, a, a Congress for cripe's sakes and being, you know, grilled for hours on end until he tells the truth, you know, or takes a fifth or whatever, or found in contempt and held held incarcerated in jail. Peter Daszak's an evil person. You know, he's a sociopath. He's just straight up a sociopath, and so is his bo- so is ostensibly his but bo- one of his bosses, which is Anthony Rauchy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna back down from that. These people have been manipulating and lying and being deceitful throughout this entire process. Peter Daszak was caught later on. They removed him from the paper, the Lancet paper. We know Fauci's been lying since the get-go. He refuses to be held accountable either. We have people that are covering for them because they know that if, if it ever comes out that they were guiding or manipulating these people. If it ever comes out that certain democratic forces were using using these people to to get what they wanted, which was Trump out of office and using COVID as an excuse for that, they would be hell to pay. American people have been destroyed by this. The entire world, the entire Western world, is being manipulated by this. Uh, it's no 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 skin off the, uh, it's no skin off their back because they're the ones that made money off this shit. But the rest of us, you know, we're a little bit more uh, uh, harmed by this. And how many people did they kill in nursing homes? And how many people did they put on respirators? And how many things did they do absolutely wrong? Lockdown was never considered before this. That's another thing, too. The Chinese propaganda that came in thereafter and the, the media's uh, complicity in that. The media is wholly responsible for this. Of course, they're being controlled by forces in D.C., the CIA, for example. Um, who knows how much of the talking points have come directly through the through that initiative or through the back door? Uh, I mean, we know that that's why that's why Project Veritas is trying to run this uh, Charlie Chester down for 
uh, more information because he came right out and say it because he got on, he got honey potted by a uh, Project Veritas reporter. He was on a hot date with a with a obviously a fairly attractive woman, and he thought he could shoot his mouth off to her, and didn't realize he was being honey potted the whole time. He acts like such a, a fucking flaky idiot. He's a technical director for CNN, and they knew that. And they've been they've been tapping CNN's phones last year. Uh, Project Veritas had a way to listen in on the Jeff Zucker's 9 a.m. call and what they were planning on doing that day on a daily basis. Now I didn't listen to all those uh, little postings that Project Veritas put up, but uh, it goes to show you that you know there was a concerted effort. By our uh, and, and CNN is just one outlet. I mean, you can look at MS, uh, NBC, uh, NBC, CBS, ABC, and there's there's all kinds of plants in all those places. I mean, ABC. George Stephanopoulos used to work for the Clinton administration. Um, there's just a host of people that are just planted in these particular organizations, and their whole job is to control control the population through giving them feeding them misinformation and bullshit. And Silicon Valley is just as, um, even more complicit because they're like, okay, we only publish authoritative sources, which goes to the point of all these uh, media outlets I mentioned that are uh, they are the good they are the good guys. Are they the perfect guys? No, of course not. They don't always have all the answers. Uh, they're piecemealing all this together. They're doing it on. They're doing it because they're committed to the truth. I mean, you have to be committed to the truth to actually go out and. You know, pull resources or go read NIH uh, uh, medical studies or go to the Lancet or go to JAMA or go to the British Medical Journals or whatever and start trying to piecemeal this stuff out. You know, look at studies and look at what they say and what they don't say and then see who's funding them and then, you know, actually determine what science is and, you know, what what is science and what is just basically uh, uh, <laughs> a Nazi experiment being run on all of us. Because that's what it seems like to me that they're interested in. And there's a... I want to go ahead and finish off here with a uh, Corbett. Uh, they're reminding a part of an interview with uh, Whitney Webb of uh, The Last Vagapon, which is another uh, good resource, I think. And she works for them and works with them. So we'll leave off there. Well, well wouldn't it be nice if we could just make everyone allergic to meat and then they wouldn't want to eat meat. All right. So um, the second program they announced, I would argue is uh, at least to me anyway, was the most disturbing. Um, it's called the first 1000 days promoting healthy brain networks. Uh, it's specifically targeted at children from three months of age, uh, literal babies, uh, to three-year-old toddlers uh, who it seeks to have as its test subjects, essentially. And so this one really has three different components um, and, and is frankly just um, mind-boggling. So I would honestly, uh, if this sounds unbelievable to you, I would encourage you to go to either Welcome Leap's website or my article and read the official document describing what this program is, which they abbreviate as 1KD, a much shorter Version Basically, what they want to do initially is uh, surveil through various means, uh, including wearables, eye tracking technology, 24-7 surveillance of uh, the youngest children um, in order to risk stratify them, predict their responses to interventions in uh, their developing brains, um, for, for various reasons, but the, the first uh, goal is to basically use um, this access to, to children's brain brains to map them on a, on a massive scale, as many kids as possible, in order to develop what they call, the second goal, an in silico model of a human developing brain. Um, essentially, you know, uh, something as close as they can really get uh, to the singularity uh, basically, uh, you know, machine intelligence that rivals and surpasses human intelligence, which has not happened uh, up to this point, but it has been an open goal of futurist and transhumanists. Um, people like Ray Kurzweil, the Google Google's former futurist, have been very um, open about uh, the desire for the singularity and how a lot of these people think that uh, this AI-powered control grid cannot actually be established until a singularity is developed and, and present. So they essentially um, are looking to create a, a prototype 
uh, an artificial neural network that would essentially be a model for that uh, by um, mapping and, and surveilling really uh, the brains of, of babies and toddlers in order to presumably uh, from there have something that develops a brain, uh, artificial brain model that develops from, from there like a normal human would over time. But that's not where the program ends. Um, beyond that, what they want to do then is once they have this model of the uh, perfect, I guess you could say, developing brain, uh, they want to then go to, within 10 years, 80% of children and use that model to um, assess children's brains to see if they fit this model or not, and if they do not fit it, to intervene in their developing brain so they fit this AI model of the correct brain, which in the hands of these people is just totally nuts. And honestly, talking about this, even as I was writing it, it's really hard to find words uh, to describe what this is. But really, you know, if allowed to advance specifically to that third stage, uh, could easily eliminate human creativity, uh, cre uh, the capacity for imagination uh, at a critical time in, in a human being's development. Um, and if you, uh, when we get to the last program, you know, it becomes pretty clear that, that Welcome Leap has an agenda like that um, for adults as well. But the fact that they are targeting uh, children specifically and plan to target them in a massive way uh, within 10 years is just stunning. Um, and I think shows that these people really think um, they cannot be stopped. And it's really, you know, uh, I would argue up to um, concerned parents and concerned citizens um, to protect the most vulnerable from this type of invasive technology. Now, gentlemen and ladies, I hope you understand the gravity of what we're witnessing here. Don't let the devilish good looks of this James Corbett distract you from the fact that, unfortunately, some of the population is actually catching on to this. They are reading these documents. They are finding out more about what the real agenda is here. And worst of all, they are spreading those ideas to others so that other people will recognize and be able to see through our propaganda. And not only that, they're conscious of how important that is to derailing this agenda. And we have to see that for what it is, see through it, and not comply, not cooperate, not feed them our data. Easier said than done. Even a conversation like this one is going to end up on GooTube, where it is going to end up in the Google servers, that is going to do its algorithmic uh, uh, thing to, uh, to analyze our voices and come up with the automatic transcription of everything that we're saying that gets fed into and part, uh, part of the, the, the feedback process for developing language recognition, for example, which um, is, is one of those examples of something that I, I have been involved with, I suppose, for a decade now because I upload things to YouTube. And I remember, I remember in 2000, I think it was 11, 12, somewhere like that, where they first started doing this. We're going to auto-transcribe the videos. And I remember turning that on just to see what it looked like. And it was gobbledygook. It was nonsense. It was stupid. It was almost like a game. Turn it on and see what the, the automatic captions were. And it was always just total garbage nonsense. And, and then I remember a year or two later, I checked again and, oh, it's perfect now. Oh, it's getting every word. And now it's at the point where literally sometimes I have to turn on the captions to understand because I can't hear, physically hear what someone is saying and the captions have it. It, it's gotten really creepy. How did that happen? Because millions and millions and millions of people are uploading millions and millions of hours of video every single day so that these algorithms can get better and better and better at detecting human language. That's how it works. This was based on Google Voice, which was a handy little feature that they rolled out a decade and a half ago. People used, then they discarded it. Well, what was all that about? Oh, they were just harvesting your voice data so that they could work on their 
your language recognition algorithms. This is how it works. Amazon Echo. Oh, everyone's got an Amazon Echo, and now, oh, by the way, did you know they've got Amazon Sidewalk now, and everyone with an Echo is part of this wireless network that's just scanning everything all the time, or the Ring cameras. Every single piece of this, the phone that everyone is carrying around with them is part of this architecture, and more and more and more people are buying and buying into this wearable, trackable technology that's becoming more and more invasive and is starting to take more and more. Uh, hey, now it's the it's the fitness Fitbit or whatever that, oh, it'll read. I agree in many cases. Yeah, a little, this is a, this is a side story. I'll get to this and then I'll uh, start to close out. Um, so in 1999 through 2001, I worked at a warehouse where we use uh, Talkman. Was it was called the uh, voice uh, activator. The thing is, is that one you could program. Um, it was it was used to program check digits in. So, you, for example, you stopped at a location, you picked a certain amount of of items, and then you would uh, give it a check digit like five three. That was to show that you were at the correct spot. And, the system would confirm that and then move you on to the next uh, location that it would tell you. So it was reading a, a pick list for you. So the idea was to make it hands-free so you didn't... Because back in the old days, you'd, you'd go out with your list and you'd have to stop at locations. And people would have to read their list and, and whatever. And that was the way they kept track. So this was a way to... You had a little monitor on. But people could program it. So, for example, uh, you could program a 5 or a 9 with a different... Uh, uh, name you could uh, you actually had to program your system with your voice uh, uh, so for example maybe you said shit instead of five and it would recognize that shit meant five so it was a little different scenario but now he's talking through an algorithm it's able to discern what your uh, your intent is from your voice what your vo- uh, what your voice is and it's able to pick up dialects and whatnot so the point is we're uh, we're feeding the information they need in order to to do this system on us. And like the 23andMe, which was mentioned in, uh, earlier uh, in this uh, particular episode, that we send our information to them. And what are they doing? They're storing our data. They're storing your genetics. They're storing your voice. They're storing your purchase habits. They're storing where you uh, – all this big data – but this big data is not being used to improve humanity. It's being used to control humanity. And the idea is, is the, our, our, the good guys in the media uh, have to get this information out to people. And it has to get out through any a mechanism available, through podcasts, through videos, through uh, forums that we can sit together and talk about this. Because we all do have different uh, takes on this, and, and to go into any great depth on this takes a lot of effort and and having supporting data. And, of course, many of these scientists will automatically reject your uh, premise, even when you show them on, on film saying exactly what they said. There was one guy, he was talking about, well, humanity was much shorter, you know, back 100 years ago. He's correct in that analysis, we were 15 centimeters shorter or six inches shorter than we were are today on average. The average person in 1900 was maybe five foot one inches tall if it was a male, and now a male is five foot nine or whatever. You know, you, you get my understanding there. So we've gotten better diets. Uh, but he's saying that that increases your carbon footprint, and so therefore we should try to get people to be shorter or. Uh, this is this is the mentality of these people. They think that they think they can control humanity down to the level of 7.8 million souls. But reality is, they know they can't control 7.8 million souls. So they'd rather have 3.9 billion souls, or 2.1, or whatever the number may be. But they want less of us. That's for certain. And they want to cull the cull the herd, so to speak, down to who they think are the most efficient, most valuable people. They don't say that out loud, you know, even though some of them almost do. Uh, they don't say it that directly, but ostensibly that's what they're looking for. And <clears throat> it's just amazing that we have these type of people who are in control of health, that are financed by billionaires, who don't think they're responsible for anything that comes out of their mouth, and they're not responsible for their genetic uh, altering and their scientific experiments 
I mean, Mengele, Mengele would geek out over this this stuff. Mengele would probably be like, sign me up, and they would probably tell him, "Well, you're not you're not radical enough." Uh, that's where we're at. That's where we're at with these people. So I'm going to close on that on that note. Um, I think I've uh, there's a lot of people out there that are in the the media platforms, um, the new media platforms, the Rumbles, the Odysseys, the BitChutes, uh, that also have their own independent sites. The Last American Va- Vagabond has their own independent site. Off Guardian, uh, James Corbett, uh, CD Media. The list goes on. Zero Hedge. Project Veritas. Uh, we need to visit, support, and defend these uh, platforms and or people. It's not because they're perfect. It's not because they always uh, we would always agree with what they comes out of their mouth. However, they do insightful investigative journalism. They put together presentations. They put together information from a host of sources. Uh, they provide for us a, a way to leverage information quickly. To do in an hour on watching a Corbett report is more than a week's worth of anything you can get out of the mainstream media in terms of any kind of actual information that you could use to to uh, inform your uh, ability to understand the world around you. And we're at that point where we need that as much as humanly possible. I'm not saying I'm very good at this, but I'm trying. I'm learning. I'm slowly developing that skill and habit um, it takes hours to actually if, to be truthful it would take several hours for me to, to to cut together and piecemeal a good broadcast for you on a daily basis um, by myself so I try to do the best I can and do. And I'm doing this on a fly I don't rehearse a lot of stuff here I wish I could do more of that so I hope you have a uh, healthy Sunday Go out, get some activity, get some sun, eat good food, and enjoy your freedoms as they, as they are. God bless America. God bless the world.